0: Hello, hello, and Jai Ma, Jai Yomis. It's Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a soul-expanding and heart-opening podcast. For the finale, I am sharing a few more empowering women and their magic messages they shared on the show this 2021 year. But first, let's let let's do a Rumi Oracle deck by Alana Fairchild, who, for the record, I shared in part one of this series. I've already pulled the card, and I'm really excited about this card because I've never pulled this one before, this card before. It is, I surge on the uprising wave of love. And this Oracle comes with a message for us. There are changes happening and they will be out of your control. This is because you are ready for accelerated life change. Rather than paddling, you'll be caught up in a wave and moved farther and faster. Let yourself surge on with the energy of what is happening, leading with your heart and just going with whatever unfolds. This will bring you the best fortune and open you up to the divine destiny that is your birthright this lifetime. Ah, Ah-ho, I claim this energy. I'll invite this in. Wave, feel free to take me and allow me to fly. I, I definitely don't mind. I feel like, for me personally, I feel like I did paddle a lot this year and there were a lot of challenges. I mean, even though I have tools to help me find more ease during those times, it's, I mean, this is life. You know, there are things that are obviously going to be out of our control but I have had those moments in life where I was just riding the wave and it just accelerated me forward whether it was spiritually or something that is more from this dimension physically I was on for the ride and I want us to claim this energy for us who knows maybe 2022 is going to thrust us forward in a a place we can't even fathom but I want to say with an optimistic outlook, that it's likely going to be better, better than we can even imagine. Anyway, for everyone listening to this, I am wishing you an abundant new year. And I just want to thank you for those who have been a listener tuning in Thank you so much for being the brightest light in my life this year. The listeners are my world, and I'm so thankful that I get to connect with many of you. So always feel free to email me if you want to get in touch. That I'm very, very old school in that fashion. And also the Your Own Magic membership site is 2222, $22.22 22 USD. As a new year's special so take advantage anyway cheers to a magical year and to many more magical years (laughs) i'm excited to see what the theme is for 2022 organic theme like what will end up coming through the types of guests. I know I want to change things up. I have a pretty good roster to come, so I'm excited for you to hear the new magical messages from Empowering Humans. But with all that being said, let's reminisce on these magical messages. And now, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Magic Messages from Empowering Women Part 3. Erin Claire Jones.
1: Yeah, I think that like it's it is really useful to look at our type when we're making decisions. So like that the authority kind of helps us know which opportunities are right for us, but our type is so useful because it helps us know like how we best express our energy in the world. And so like as a projector it's so much around like again, you're not here to be a doer, you're here to be a leader and a guide. Like, is this an opportunity where you feel so recognized and appreciated for your guidance and your perspective and how you see, you know, for a manifester, like you're really not here to be a doer either, but here to be like an initiator. Like you're really here to kind of bring new ideas to life and just feel like really free and autonomous and in control. So like, is this opportunity like a really inspired thing you're bringing to life? And do you feel like so free to do it on your own terms and in your own way? because you might feel the most restricted and limited if like you're told how to do it, which is never really going to work for you. Um, Generators are so much around doing what they desire or what they're lit up by, what they're excited. Like they really do have the energy to do and build and make things happen when they're lit up. So like, does this opportunity and thing feel like a thing that you're just like so energized and so excited by and like can't wait to be doing every day? Or does it feel like a thing that you think you should do, you know? And like and it might lead to a thing, but not actually because you're satisfied by it. Like your personal satisfaction is like the most important thing. Um, Manifesting generators, you know, also these doers are so making sure that you really are so lit up and excited by what you're doing. But the magic of manifesting generators is in kind of their multi-passionate, multi-faceted nature. So like, is it the thing that you have the energy for right now? And if it's no longer the thing you have the energy for, like, can you give yourself permission to like, pivot and move on to the next thing you know and also maybe it's multiple things at once you know um and then i think for reflectors their gift is also so much in how they see and their perspective and how they can kind of like sense what's happening in a environment community team and so are the is this opportunity one where you feel like your perspective is so recognized and invited in and people really honor the fact that you just operate very uniquely and differently and also so much of being a reflector is around appreciating kind of the fluidity of your life and energy where it's like there will be periods where you feel like a generator, like a projector like a manifesting generator, like a manifester and so your job is never to show up in just one way but to kind of really embrace the fact that you're meant to show up in all the ways and it's really just kind of tuning into what feels like the most authentic expression of your energy in the moment. In the
0: moment, oh so good so now let's say that they are, they found what they love to do and they are thriving, but there are some challenges that they're facing. How do they approach, how does each type listen and approach those challenges to overcome them?
1: Yeah. So I think that if we're going to start with projectors, like, you know, and this is an area where I would say areas to really look at are your strategy yeah. And you're not self and maybe your profile, but just to keep it simple do the strategy and not self. So like if you're a projector – your strategy is about waiting to be recognized and invited in. So maybe you like have all these gifts and you see the world and you feel like you're like, oh my God, I, I know so much and I have so much to share, but you're not waiting to be invited in to share them. You're initiating, you're chasing after things and you're experiencing a lot of resistance. Whereas like where you're going to thrive the most is, is when people like recognize your gifts and invite you in to share them. So kind of noticing where you're trying to initiate versus kind of waiting to be invited in. I just want to remind people that, or especially the projectors that like, it's not a passive strategy, like part of, Being a projector is around recognizing your gifts and then like making yourself visible and letting people know that you exist so that people can invite you in. But knowing that when people are like, I'm ready for you, that's when you can have the most impact. And and often a signal of resistance or being off track for us is a sense of bitterness where it's like you feel like you see so much, but also that people are not inviting you in to share it. So it's causing some level of bitterness within you. So if you're starting to feel kind of an overwhelming or consistent sense of bitterness in an area of your life, it really is an invitation to step back and ask yourself, like, am I honoring the ebbs and flows of my energy? Do I feel invited in? Do I feel recognized? Am I honoring my authority? Mm.
0: When I got into this career that I am in now with podcasting, I did wait for the invite to even create one. But then I was thinking about, okay, with the acting career, it's going to be interesting To have to wait for the invite for that success
1: to arise. Yeah. And I I, I wouldn't let it be like a limiting thing. It's more, it doesn't always have to be super formal. Like it could be energetic, you know, and like you can reach out to have people on the podcast, but like you'll know if it feels good or not, you know, like whether you feel recognized or not. But I think that like the, the invitation piece is so key in terms of like who you're working with, who you're sharing your gifts with, who you're partnering with, who you're dating, who you're living with. And just like you know, you don't need an invitation to like study a system or go to Bali, you know, (laughs) it's more just around like, who's close to you? And do you feel seen and recognized by them? And like, you know, as an actor, like your job is to make yourself visible so that people can invite you in, you know, and if you feel recognized, lean into it. And I would also say that for you, because of your profile, like, so many of your opportunities are meant to come from like your community and your network and the people that you know. And so I would really keep them in the loop of what you're seeking, what you're exploring, because you might find that the most um, yeah, that they, they come most naturally just from like the connections that you already have or the ones that you're building.
0: And I've already been doing that. So that is really good to know. And it's so, spot so fun. How about for the other
1: types? So for generators and manifesting generators, their strategy is letting things come to them and waiting for things to spark a gut response in them before they go after it. And so they're also not here to like initiate or come up with something out of thin air, but waiting for things to like land in their world, whether it's an Instagram, a text message, an email, and see what it kind of spoke and really like invigorates and excites within them. And once they get that gut response, then they can like go after it. So, you know, if you're feeling a lot of resistance, I would ask, like, are you letting things come to you? Like, are you trusting your magnetism? Or are you like trying to come up with things out of thin air and just like force it before the time is there, time is ready? Because the letting things come to you and letting it spark a gut response basically just helps you know like what you have the energy for and when to make it happen The other aspect of that is the signal of being not aligned for both types is frustration and so if you're feeling kind of this like constant resentment dissatisfaction frustration in the work that you do it's a real opportunity to kind of step back and ask yourself like am I lit up by this thing did I let it come to me am I trusting my authority and kind of pull your energy out of that thing until your gut pulls you back in
0: well, absolutely for them <laughs> yes yes. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. And it is like, you know, so many of us have like tried to be like the initiators and making things happen. Like one quick example, I had a client years ago now, but like she like basically like tried to come up with her dream idea out of like thin air And she, like, did it and she, like, willed it into existence, you know, and made it happen. But then, like, she got to the job and she's, like, this is, like, so unsatisfying and I really don't enjoy it. She's, like, I really thought that I wanted it, but I just, like, kind of forced it to happen. And so she ended up quitting her job and then, like, got this and then a job came to her. She got so lit up by it. She made it happen. And it's been, like just so wonderful to kind of witness that experience because it really kind of requires that something comes to you to let you know what you have the energy for and whether it's actually right for you.
0: That is interesting for those of us that like to daydream, fantasize a lot, and then we start to live it a little bit and it's not exactly up to par and then something new comes along and that's exactly what lights you up. It's one of those things to keep in mind no matter what your type is.
1: Totally. And like, again, you can like dream all the things, but again, the strategy helps us know how to enter into the right things. And yeah. I mean, you've literally, as we talked about, have the channel of dreaming. And so, like, it's natural for you to fantasize about all the things, but it's not about forcing it to happen, yeah. but really kind of like letting the invitation, the emotional clarity guide you. If you're a manifester, so if we talk about strategy, so manifestors are really here to initiate, they're not here to wait for anything to come to them. They're here to kind of, as soon as they have that urge within them, trust that to kind of guide their energy and their behavior. And so the question I would ask you is like, if you're experiencing more resistance like are you trusting yourself to initiate and be the first or are you trying to like follow someone else's path are you waiting things for things to come to you or are you following your urges when they arise like i had a session with a manifester yesterday and he and his way of making decisions was very instantaneous and super spontaneous and so he would also he would often have like an urge to create and then like not trust it and sleep on it and then just like drive himself crazy and like never make it happen and i felt like he was experiencing so much resistance when like he was really here to like feel the urge and then just make it happen you know, without even thinking about it. So, kind of just noticing where you're not trusting that. Um, and also, maybe where you're not letting the people around you know what you're going to do before you do it, because it's by communicating to them and letting them know that you'll find a bit more ease probably in your process. And the communication is not about asking for permission, it's not about explaining yourself. It's literally like just giving people a heads up before you fly. Um, and their signal for being off track is anger, which is often like when their flow is being disrupted, when they don't feel like they're able to be in control and empowered in the way that they know that they want to be. And so if you're feeling really angry in a relationship or in an opportunity, again, see it as an opportunity to kind of step back and ask yourself, like, do I feel in control? Do I feel empowered? Can I do things on my own terms? Like letting it be a real signal to be like, am I doing this thing in a way that actually feels good for my energy and really works for me?
0: Mm, That's so good. So manifestors, they really, I mean, they're best off doing something on their own terms.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just like, and again, it doesn't mean they can't collaborate with people, but it just means that they thrive when they feel a sense of like freedom and autonomy and control. And so much of being a manifestor is around bringing new ideas to life and doing things differently. And so like, if you're trying to like walk a path that's been walked before, build a business, how others are doing it, it just like might not feel good. And it can feel scary to do things differently because you haven't seen it modeled before, but like just beginning to trust that like you're here to be the first you're here to show us a new way and that can be really scary but it is by doing that and trusting that that it really kind of allows you to impact the right people and kind of inspires the right people to join you mm,
0: makes so much sense i always have one manifester in mind for everything you say and then I oh really have a reflector in mind yes
1: oh my god it's so useful to have this like these things modeled in real yep. life and to kind of have people that you you know pair it with so reflectors um so, you know, the reflector strategy listed on a lot of human design sites is around waiting a lunar cycle, like giving themselves a full 30 days before they make a decision. But that really is their authority, you know? So I, I really see the reflector strategy as also waiting to be invited in, knowing that you're going to be initiated by others um, and like recognized by others for the gift of your perspective. But also as a reflector, you're really sensitive to your physical space and part of what opens you up to the right people and the right opportunities is about being in the right space. And so the question I would ask you if you're feeling resistance is, do you feel like your perspective is invited in and recognized? Does the space that you're in feel good? Do the people you're around feel good? It's by being in the right space around the right people that really aligns you with the right flow. Um, And your sense of being off... And also, I guess the third question is like, are you taking your time with decisions and kind of operating on a sense of timing that works for you? Or are you making decisions from a place of pressure and like a rushed energy? Um, and the se- the sign for being off track for reflectors is disappointment, which can be a signal that they're in a space that doesn't feel good. It can also be a signal that they are trying to be just one thing and not really embracing and kind of the expansiveness and the fluidity of who they are. And so really kind of letting disappointment be a time to check in and be like, is this the right space for me? Like, do I feel appreciated from my perspective? Am I honoring my fluidity? And so as you kind of start to see with all these not self signals in our design, like they're not things to eradicate from our lives. Like these are meant to be tools that we use to course correct and like notice when they pop up and let it be an opportunity to kind of really reflect, ask ourselves some questions and kind of let it be fuel to get us back on track.
0: I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add of course some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and of course a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them, as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara, and it is a game-changer. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free, and it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formulas set the bar high with uncompromising standards, so no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews, and what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive. Hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E, Medics, Thrive Cosmetics. M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order.
2: Sarah Pendrick. I have all the things that we love to like talk about and sort through and a lot of the things that, you know, women experience in their life and... It's practical things that you could do in the moment and then also the science behind things. It's just like a beautiful book for just your well-being from the inside out.
0: That's so great. And I love when people integrate science with more personal development and soulful content. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. okay. You've also <laughs> yep. I have to ask yep. your process for launching companies.
2: Mm. So it depends what the company is. Let's just like start quickly with Girl Talk. So with that, I had zero followers. Mm-hmm. I took all like the things I had learned in the past with anything that I had done and just like who I was and what my individual magic was and really tapped into that. And I was like, okay, I don't have followers, which obviously I love this story because yes, Instagram and social media is a thing in our culture right now. Of course, I'm not, that's Mm -hmm. not, you can't, you know, pretend that that's not a thing. But (laughs) when I started Girl Talk, I didn't have that. I had my personal Instagram. And what I did have, though, was my own connections that I had made. We all have a platform, whether it's in our community, in our family, in our businesses, whatever that is. So I just put a list together of like everyone that I knew and also really went door to door. And the thing that's beautiful about that when you're starting a company, the person that you might want to, you know, reach out to or ask if they want to be involved is only a DM away. And so I was just going for it, showing people, talking to them about what my passion was and what my vision was and getting people on board and also being really clear of the value that I could provide as I was getting started. And like I said, I launched Girl Talk with an event. So I just went around in my community and reached out to so many people and also shared with them from my heart of why I was starting this business and what it was going to do and why it would bring value to them and got a bunch of people on board. I even shortly after had investors approach me, but that didn't work out. I'm so grateful for it now. But I think that when we're first starting a business, that's when like the imposter syndrome and the self-doubt and all of those things come in. And we cannot let that just overwhelm us and get down to who we are, why we're starting this, what's our vision for it? Like it doesn't have to be the exact steps that someone else has done. Like this is your vision. This is your business. You decide how it's going to unfold. You get to have that creative magic and then make your list of people that could support you, people that you could reach out to and really stand firm in what your vision for your company is and start making those connections and taking those steps three steps at a time, taking that action. And also do not forget about visualizing because that is such a huge part of manifestation and feeling. If you know there's a reason that you're doing what you're doing, like it's going to work out.
0: Mm, Beautiful. Thank you for saying this. And it sounds as well, as you're talking about this, that connection for you is a huge key piece to your success is being able to connect with many people.
2: Yeah, I I think that I didn't realize that I had that at the time, and now I do. Like I'm like, wow, my first launch where I didn't have anything together like was one of my easiest, and now because yeah. then you get into your head and you're like, how did I do that yeah. so
0: easily? <laughs> For real.
2: <laughs> but I'm I love jamming about business like if anyone has like a specific question or they're like I, what if you wanted to launch something like this I always have like I don't know what it is I still haven't been able to put a name on um, this gift. I'm like, all right, I got a plan for you. These are your first three steps. Like I'm always able to tap into that. Really? That's
0: amazing. You've got that business guru sense. Yes. Do you have any other messages that you'd like to share before we get into rapid fire?
2: Yeah, I. everything can get so overcomplicated and like our human brains can just step in. And that's where if you just really go into your heart and think about what, you want to experience on this planet. If you go from that spot and having your own back, like things will slowly start to alter and be in joy and in flow for you. And I can't wait for everyone and anyone to get a hold of Beautifully Brave because I really walk you through this and I'm excited about it. And I just want to see more women and people around the world tapping into that joy and tapping into their own individual soul's voice And magic that they're meant for and what they're here for.
3: Monica Burke. I used to be judgmental. I think everybody has that. Um, And I worked really hard though to stop doing that. But also mostly because I think people who judge others really – the one they judge the most is themselves. And I was so uncomfortable feeling like that. I think judgment really stems from having a lot of guilt and shame Mm -hmm. and blame you know, those those big threes yeah. that, um, that I never feel any of those anymore. Again, worked really hard to shed that. Um, I had anorexia when I was a teenager and I was full of shame and guilt. And I had to either, you know, it was either dying or learning to love myself. For me, it was, I didn't have the luxury of time and, you know, oh, like the thing I said earlier about people just going to look for the one. And that's what I wanted to do at the time. But I was like, no, no, I, I knew I had to learn to love myself. I think when you're able to, and again, that's the self-awareness aspect, um, when you really start to see where your thoughts are and um, your negative belief systems, then you can work at chipping these away. And um, I think, again, if a person who is curious cannot be judgmental. When you're curious, you approach life and people differently. So I think a really good remedy for that you know, is to get curious about life, curious about yourself, Curious about people that you see or you meet. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Speak to them as you would if you were a child, you know, your younger self or your sibling or somebody you love unconditionally. Um, And when you do that, then it kind of gives you the space to reevaluate what's really happening um, or at least prove that you don't really know what's happening. Uh, And I think the other sobering thought when it comes to judgment, Kabbalistically speaking, we think that it's something we're doing externally to us. But in fact, when you judge somebody else, you're just inviting more judgment into your own life. It's like a mirror. Yes. And it's very dangerous.
0: 100%. That's why if someone says something negative, it's more so you know that they're going through something themselves and to not take it personally. You're mirroring something to them, perhaps, or also vice versa, you know, like I'm human as well. So I've judged, obviously. And that's definitely because I was going through deep. One of those three shame, guilt, blame.
3: Yeah. And I think that at everybody's core, you know, we're all, we are good. There is goodness in each of us. I think everybody has the ability to also tap into the negative aspects of our personality, but that's not our core. At our core, we are truly good. Right. So, Um, I think it's this understanding and this awareness to have is that wherever I put my consciousness is what stays with me, right? Because that's what you carry around with you, those thoughts, those opinions. And you know how happy that feels. There's something great about that. Um, And to know, like if I judged 10 people today, I've brought 10 aspects of that into my own life and again a sobering thought but i think it's a good one to have to help get out of that
0: whoa i just had an epiphany as you said this
3: wow good
0: (laughs) so i i remember uh that the church would say you know we're all born sinners and i i do notice that there are many members that are extremely i just remember experiencing severe judgment. And and it just made me realize like, well, at, in their mind, they've been ingrained with this idea that we're born sinners uh-huh. and we have to try to choose to be better or whatever. Um, but if you know at your core that you're born <laughs> not a sinner, or maybe there's not even sin, but you're just born love, then you're likely to tap more into that and just remember that you're good. You're human at your core. And your soul is
3: good, you know? And so I think that that brightens your life and makes you less judgmental. I can feel that this is still something that's really obviously affected you when you were younger. I can hear it in your breath. Yeah. (laughs) No, but that's really powerful. And I'm so happy you're sharing that. We actually did another podcast recently on sinning, right? This idea of, um, you know, making mistakes and the word sin, because even the word, I mean, when you hear the word, it's like a heaviness, like, oh my God, I did something that's so damaging. In truth, you know what we do in life is that when we behave in ways that are negative and not accordance to again our truth, um, whether it's speaking ill of somebody or you know stealing from somebody or or you know um, spreading rumors about them, whatever it may be, basically we're putting shells on our light on our soul. And so it's like one covering over another, over another, over another. And if you keep living your life like that in 10, 15 years, so then it seems very dim. The person seems really dark and negative, right? Or you might feel that way. But again, you can peel back those layers. It's harder. I think sometimes we we effortlessly, you know, irresponsibly say things that maybe we know we shouldn't, or if we, if we understood what was at stake, maybe we wouldn't say those things or we wouldn't behave in that way that was so hurtful to somebody else. Um, and then to take the work of peeling it up, you know, <laughs> of reversing it, of course, is hard, but totally possible. Um, and that's the w- why I love the idea of Kabbalah and transformation and growth, because anything is possible. You know, there's nothing that you can't actually reverse. Dr.
4: Valerie Rain. I um was a meditator and a yoga practitioner, yoga teacher um, long before I discovered uh, trauma and working with trauma and um, PSD. And I was experiencing probably something very similar to what you're experiencing, um, really earnestly practicing. And it made a huge Mm -hmm. difference in my life. My meditation, yoga, absolutely huge. And yet feeling frustrated because Well, here I am. And even feeling like a fraud, here I am teaching this stuff, right? Be here Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And I get triggered and then I get hijacked and then I just like can't help myself. And so there was a lot of guilt around it, a lot of shame, a lot of, again, feeling like I'm failing, something is wrong with me and knowing what I know now about how, how trauma operates, It just needs more tools, mindfulness, Mm -hmm. meditation, yoga. These are fantastic tools and they, they're helpful. They're helpful in, in this trauma healing journey. They have a place and there are more tools that are needed. Some specific tools to move trauma out of the body. They're very specific. And, um, Yeah. Oftentimes people may feel maybe they have tried meditation and they're like, I can't do this. I just can't (laughs) like, I'm like failing at meditation. I felt this way too. And the truth is we just have so much charge in our body from all that unprocessed emotion, which again, most of it is not even ours. It's inherited and the nervous system is running hot. So, Uh, It may be a while till we can even get to a place where we can meditate, uh, where our body is prepared for it, our body and our mind. So to Mm. anybody who has felt like a meditation failure, um, you are not, it's just, there's been this missing link. And sometimes these are pretty simple things that we can learn to do. Like I talk about them in the book and... We, we teach them in our programs and we actually have an event that we, we used to have them uh, three times a year. We may be moving to twice a year, but it's a virtual retreat where yeah. we gather women from all over the world and we have this experience. We actually get to play with these tools together, we get to experience firsthand that there is nothing wrong with us, we get to witness others and be witnessed and learn through our body through our experience, what all of these those things feel like how to and how to begin this journey of healing, because there's only so much like the information right hearing about it can only do so much for you. It is really the experience that activates healing.
0: I love all of this. And I love that you have people working with one another, connecting with each other that may have a similar experience or just they feel similar traumas. Maybe they don't, maybe they're completely different, but they all are there for the same reason. And Mm -hmm. I think that there's so much power in doing that collaboratively. We're working through it collaboratively and definitely like
4: you said earlier, even not alone and in a safe space. Yeah. And all of these women pretty much who come to our events, like myself as well, would not have identified themselves as having had trauma. Like it's, it's rare that a woman goes like, yeah, like I can Mm -hmm. see I've had traumatic experience. Most of them would have said, no, I, my life has been, you know, pretty normal. You know, my childhood has been pretty normal. And, and when we broaden that definition, have we all experienced that feeling of unsafe physically or emotionally in our fullest authentic expression most of us are going to say what the, the heck is the fullest authentic <laughs> expression even right uh, so we all have a little something there and if we look at the intergenerational aspect at uh, patriarchy stress disorder yeah, well, unless you're from another planet, we all carry that uh, common DNA <laughs> that tells that common story of oppression and yeah. it affects us. And again, doesn't make us wrong, doesn't make us broken, and we can gather and heal it together. Uh. Absolutely, I love all of this, and
0: also I wanted to say thank you for sharing your personal story because there's a lot of people that practice meditation and yoga mm-hmm. daily and they're still figuring it out. Do you mind sharing maybe one more tool that one can use individually? Absolutely,
4: so very simple tool, it's, it's so simple, it's easy to be like, Oh, how can it work? It's so simple, um, but you know, don't take my word for it that it works, try it and see if it works for you. There we go. So, I call it the repower tool. And the way it it, it works a little um, neuroscience behind it is that um, when we're in those moments, when we're feeling a little bit unsafe, and it may be very, very subtle, we're just having this micro out of body experience, very, very subtle. Mm-hmm. And it can be not so subtle. But um, this is a way to communicate with our high in the brain where that hijack, fight, flight, freeze, hijack actually happens. And we can't communicate with that area of our brain through words because it doesn't speak words, but it speaks sensation and experience. So for this practice, you don't need to close your eyes at all. So just simply feel your feet on the ground, wherever you are sitting, standing, you can wiggle your toes, you can be playful. You don't need to be serious and just feel your playful sensations and then you can wiggle your hips you can feel your hips if you're sitting down in contact with the furniture really feel and register the sensations and then register the sensations of your breathing ah and then take your five senses on the tour of the environment look around you slowly let your gaze take in the shapes the colors, the light and the shadow. Yeah, look behind you, look above you, look um, below, and then allow your ears to register the sounds and the pauses in the environment. Check in with your senses of smell and taste. What do they register? And finally, the sense of touch. You can touch your own skin, and actually linger, and stroke and caress your own skin, add some oxytocin uh, release. You know the good the good chemistry is working there, and that is it. I call it the repower tool. It draws from a lot of um, you know trauma grounded traditions, trauma informed traditions. And just notice if you did it with us right now, just notice if there is any shift from how you felt before to how you're feeling now.
0: And I was doing this and I actually am still in the middle of like moving my body and caressing my arms as we're talking. <laughs> don't stop. It does I, feel
4: good. <laughs> don't stop the feeling. Uh, I That, you know, that self-caressing, it is yeah. so for women because oxytocin right. regulates stress for us. It is vital. Mm -hmm. And okay, it's lovely when you're in a loving partnership and you can also receive those caresses and you can give yourself those caresses anytime. Don't forget that. You can get an oxytocin boost
0: anytime <laughs> you know what's interesting is i remember receiving this sort of wisdom from uh it was i think i was in india but the women there they're like they really they heavily recommended to massage yourself with oils just Ooh. for simple a uh, love practice of self-love nice loving practice and it makes all the sense of the world I don't know why I don't do it more I I just throw on some coconut oil like really fast but I don't mindfully put it on all the time so it's just one of those things like to take more time with and then focus on your senses I love I love this I love the simplicity
3: mm,
4: I'm glad it resonated and here's <laughs> also like a, a fun fact about PSD and self-care oftentimes we know exactly what to do but we're not doing it Uh, the nervous system actually feels a little unsafe when we're beginning to relax. And again, it makes no sense logically, but it (laughs) makes all the sense in terms of evolution and and just keeping ourselves safe, right? When we're hypervigilant, when we're on edge, we're safe, right? We're paying attention. We're anxious. Nothing bad can ever happen to us if we only worry enough. And then we begin to relax and our system begins to calm down and ironically, that can create discomfort. Then yes. other parts of our system goes, go, no, 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 and then the stories come up like, oh, you don't have time for that, or that's silly. You know, you you need. Better things to do than self-massage with coconut oil. Well, that's the
0: thing. It's, yeah, our nervous system, but also, I mean, our mind is also gets in the way. And it's like, you have all the stuff to do on your agenda. You can't just sit here forever. I remember that so vividly. I feel like now for me, meditation, I need, I need, I need that time. But maybe it's because I'm alone a lot of the time or something as well. So I love that you said safe space um, mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm in a, a safe space. But now simultaneously to also continue mindful practices, turn off the noise, uh, you know, no escapism, but really witness what is, what is there, what is in front of you. I think all of that's so helpful.
4: Yeah, yeah, delicious. These are some big times we're living through right now. (laughs) There are a lot of traumas that are activated in our system that there's a lot of survival and you know, threats are activated in in the system. And there are a lot of changes that a lot of us are going through. Oh, just with yeah, the change co- of life, right?
0: There's truly a collective trauma that we're all experiencing yeah. right now. Everybody. Yeah. And I don't care if you're a monk in that, well, maybe they're not, but I'm sure <laughs> that they are. You know, it's just like everybody feels it. And so this is something to, it's just so important to come back to yourself. I absolutely love all this. <laughs>
4: yeah yeah and giving ourselves the grace that, yeah yeah it is a lot is up so we actually need to take care of our nervous system now more than ever. It's not something to, to just sweep under the rug and hope for the best. We actually it's it's something like you said about meditation that you need this time the nervous system taking care of our nervous system it's like, brushing your teeth. It's just something that has to be exactly a part of our lives so that we can actually thrive no matter what's going on in the world.
0: Exactly. I want to bring up one more thing that I think it's so beautiful that you pointed out and I'm just curious what your perspective is with the opposing perspective so you share and I deeply believe and resonate with this as well that nothing nothing is wrong with you and it's really not your fault I could not agree more but there are a lot of people that share own everything as your fault take accountability Uh, it's all mm -hmm. I'm just curious I could hear I could hear you (laughs) for me I feel like it's circumstantial because there are some things you know but the same time maybe maybe it really is none of it's our fault so i'm just curious what you have
4: to say hmm. uh, i can i can uh, see where people are coming from in terms of radical accountability in in a way what i'm teaching is not that different so here's here's the thing if you know that you carry intergenerational trauma in your system if you know like your nervous system is, uh, you know, suffering that that carrying that load, and your subconscious is making choices that are not exactly always aligned with your best interests, but because it's feeling unsafe, right? If you know all that, it is your responsibility to heal it, yes yes that (laughs) makes sense like i know about it like i read i i read the book i listened to the interview i read the book now (laughs) i i check that box i'm good (laughs) i actually need to do something to heal it and that's where the two approaches i think intersect for me
0: (laughs) there we go okay that makes yes you do have to actually put in the work once you're aware
4: of it yeah yeah it's not an excuse it's not (laughs) meant to be like ah
0: it's peace to you. Um, hundred percent. Are there any other messages before, if you do have time, I want to do a short random fire. Or oh rapid yeah, fire. absolutely. I'm game. <laughs> yes. I love it. Okay. Do you have any other messages though, before we get into rapid
4: fire? Well, uh, for those who are already like, give me more, give me more. I just yeah. want to mention uh, that you can download the first chapter uh, of the book on my website, drvalerie.com forward slash book. And you can also come and play with us at the Thriving Experience, experience thethrivingexperience.com. That's a virtual retreat. Right now, it is free to attend. Wow. Free to attend forever or not. But it is right now. The next one um, is coming up in in March. Uh, I'm not sure when we're airing, but uh, that's where we are right now. So come and play with us, like experience it actually, right? Take, um, take a leap from information to transformation through a personal experience, uh, and that is your best teacher. Kim Syra, yeah, let's go through it.
5: So, Human Design is. A uh, self-discovery system that yes. really helps you understand how you are wired to operate and function in the world um, and use your energy in a way that's going to provide you with the most flow and the least amount of resistance. So you can, you know, live in alignment with who you really are. And I think one of the coolest things about uh, human design too is that it's really about deconditioning from who you told or who, who you were told you were and who you grew up thinking you were. So you can get back to that pure sense of self. And Gene Keys is like a sister system that really just um, empowers you to say, okay, cool. This is your design from human design. Well, Gene Keys shows you the spectrum of consciousness from like a low frequency to a high frequency that your design can operate in because we all operate within the shadow and the light sides of our being, right, based on our experiences or our thoughts and beliefs. And so, um, you know, Jinkies gives a language to those patterns that you experience that try to keep you stuck or playing small and gives you a roadmap to how to actually unlock those higher frequencies where you feel empowered and in a more a
0: true and higher sense of self. Wow. Okay. So then, what if you don't mind sharing? What did you find when you started to discover gene keys within yourself and your spectrum? If you don't mind, if you don't mind sharing. No, I have so much to say on this. So I'll, I'll give a really <laughs> powerful
5: thing. So basically, you'll find in your hologenetic profile, which is based off of your exact birth information, time, and location, uh, you get a hologenetic profile of eleven different gene keys, and so there are sixty-four different gene keys in the entire system, and yeah. Uh, you get 11 in your profile. Now, as Richard Rudd the founder says, you know, we embody all of these 64 gene keys. We have all of these dynamics at play within our bodies, but these 11 are going to be particularly prominent in the course of your life and in the course of your own personal evolution to help you step into who you're here to be. What was fascinating was one, when I discovered one of the keys is called your radiance gene key, and it's all about the dynamic that's going mm-hmm. to either undermine your health or really oh. empower you to be at, at your healthiest. Mm-hmm. Yes, i <laughs> tell you about yours. This one was really powerful for me because it was the 34th gene key, which is the shadow of force and the gift of strength. And basically the shadow is that lower frequency. That's usually, um, actually always, um, you know, founded in fear. It's more of like a victim oriented approach. It's more, um, that lower vibe. And then the gift is basically what's hidden within that shadow. It, it's, it's the higher expression. It's what it, it's what the force is trying to, you know, show me. So basically this one was fascinating because this gene key is all about the fact that, um, you know, when we're at our shadow level, we don't trust in the timing of life. We don't trust in our life experience or in the present moment. We're trying to force what we need to do or where we need to go or how something needs to be based on the mental constructs that we create in our mind. Right. We set arbitrary expectations or, um, you know, factors to things that are just coming from our conditioned mind or from fear. Mm -hmm. And so when we give into that and we try to force our way through life with that, we're gonna come up against resistance. We're gonna come up against struggle and challenge. And so the higher expression, what this force is trying to teach us and is trying to teach me and my profile is that nothing is stronger than actually surrendering and trusting in the own timing of your life. Mm. Um, Nothing is stronger than actually taking a step back and saying, I'm not going to force this based on what I think I need to do. I'm just going to follow, and this is where human design comes in so well, but I'm going to follow my strategy. I'm going to follow my authority. I'm going to follow those things that are going to help me align. And Mm. then I just will trust that it will take me to where I need to go. And what, and the cool thing about like seeing somebody who's embodying this gift of strength is they tend to be like, super gracefully moving through their life. They're people who you can just tell Mm. are in alignment. They trust there's no push or force over masculine energy. It's that balance between the masculine and the feminine. And, um, I just so saw how like in my life I was spending so much time in that force energy because I was thinking I needed to be somewhere. Ah, Um, That's
0: what the force is. I was curious what this particular force meant. Okay. So, so the, this particular force means the masculine energy, the hustle mentality, the very cerebral living versus grounding within. Is that what that force means?
5: Yeah. Yes, totally. And just to clarify, which might be more helpful too, to understand is that every one of these 64 gene keys has three different levels of consciousness, like I was explaining before. So basically this 34th gene key has a shadow. It has a Mm -hmm. gift And it has Mm -hmm. a city S I D D H I basically your shadow is that challenge that you're going to be experiencing and gives a name to the pattern that you're likely already going through. Um, Mm -hmm. The gift is that field of transformation. It's the place you step into where things just start to change and you start to embody that truer sense of self. And you, you know, it's really where um, you actually start to settle in to your pure sense of self. And then, the city is that highest frequency of expression, which is really, you know, your purest essence. You're so, it's really where we're aspiring all to go, but it's a little bit like otherworldly almost because it's just, Mm -hmm. you're so detached from fear. You're so detached from the, like, you know, the trivialness, I think, of the human experience that you are just so embodied. And that's of course, like that higher, higher, higher expression. So when I talk about the gene keys and today, when we talk about yours, uh, you just talk about the shadow and the gift because as long as you see that shadow playing its part and you know what's on the other side of that, you, that already is going to be so much to contemplate, to embody that you can almost... See Looking those CD later. later. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. I, I love that. And it's, it reminds me of, do you know the word Samadhi? It basically means a very liberated self. You are enlightened. You're at your highest. You're. It's like living in heaven on earth at all times. It's, you know, maybe Eckhart Tolle is somebody that embodies Samadhi or Byron Katie embodies Samadhi. I only learned this during the meditation teacher trainings. And I feel like CD is basically what that means and there are humans very rare but there are humans that definitely walk this samadhi this cd
5: absolutely yep we totally have people who are stepping into and accessing that that higher expression and they are yeah. those guides a lot of the time for us to to do so so yeah. it's so important that if you do dive into the gene keys to explore all three of these levels but usually when I like to talk about it in this context or just introduce people to their keys it's a little bit easier to stay in that sort of
0: shadow and gift um, I think that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Another thing as well, I want to say is I think the CD does just happen organically. It's not something you want to chase because that would be the ego wanting to chase it. Like I've let go of this idea that I have to be enlightened in this life. Mm. I just recognize Double I'm human. Time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm human. I'm here to be human. If it happens, it happens, but I'm not trying to chase it anymore. I'm just being authentically honestly me and my human and loving her as is even when she has her shadow seasons like right now which I always see that they're like we talked about before there's light in it so I think that really is all you really need to focus on like you said the shadow and the gifts I absolutely love that
5: oh it's so well said and and that is such like you you're spot on you know when when you embody the city it's not because you're trying to it's because it's like a natural flowering and blossoming, yeah, of, of who you are. So it's something to, it's nice to know, but it's not something you're like, and really none of this is like super action oriented. It's just more like the more you can give language to what you're experiencing, the easier it is to release or transmute these shadows or these lower frequencies into who you really are, which are those higher. Yeah. beautifully said. Uh, Yeah. So just to rewind the tapes to go back for a second. So yes, that, that shadow of force, which is inherent in all of us, but was in my profile um, helped me understand that when I am experiencing force, when I see that playing out in my life, I know that I am tapping into a fear-based lower frequency. That's going to eat away Mm -hmm. at my health. It's going to, um, you know, prevent me from even getting to where I want to be because it's just my mind thinking that's actually helping me, but it's not and so it was able to put like a theme or a category to what I was going through and then it showed me hey anytime you are experiencing force or you're noticing force within you it's trying to point you in the direction of strength like try to embody or not try to like contemplate on what does it mean to actually embody the strength it takes to surrender here embody the strength it takes to actually just trust that you're going to be guided when you just follow that next step, follow the next breadcrumb. And so that's the way now I view that dynamic playing out in my life. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. So basically your overall theme, if you were to choose one word, it would probably be surrender. Whenever something comes up. We're all different. We all have our different unique paths and journeys. But for me personally, sometimes I feel like I need a little bit of force or to uh, (laughs) step into. I mean, you've probably seen the jinky. So I don't know. I don't know what mine says. I genuinely don't. But I feel like sometimes I have to, I need to integrate more of the cerebral, I guess, or just more of the force in the world, the masculine, if that makes sense. Sometimes I go through phases, I guess, where I'm too much Detached or ungrounded. And so I'm really focused right now on just having a grounded approach to my reality and my paradigm. Mm,
5: I so hear what you're saying. And you know what's super interesting is like, you know, what you're talking about is probably less even force and just more of like intentional action or just like Mm, your groundedness. Um, Whereas, you know, like force in this context is just really about that fear oriented idea Um, that like you need to control your life. And it's like, at the end of the day, if we're really boiling it down, control is an, is is an illusion. We can influence our life. And we obviously play a role in our lives, like very much so, but trying to control every piece, like we ultimately don't know where every decision is going to lead or, or how things are going to shake out or what's going to come into our life. So force is like trying to like almost manipulate that and and have this arrogance that you can override it when it's like not the case, you know?
0: Totally understand it now in that context. Yeah. That undertone of fear, that's basically the entirety of it. Like if you ever have that undertone of fear, you're like, okay, I'm in a lower, lower state. Yes. And the fear is probably usually projected from outside sources and society's constructs and everything, most likely versus like just following the flow within you or just trusting your own okay okay this is so interesting spot on i'm i'm loving like <laughs> i'm
5: loving what you're saying because what's so great is that yes that is if you can boil down all of the 64 shadows and all of the 64 gifts every single shadow is a different variation of fear and a different variation of the mind's influence on our experience so yes it's always going to be coming from Conditioning, mental constructs, societal, you know, pressures, like fear-based, you know, processes from our evolution. And then the gift is always going to be that pointing back to more of a feminine energy, body intelligence, intuition, surrendering. So there, it's going to be a different variation of that. They're just different words that have a, a different
0: nuance to that experience. Okay. I'm so excited to dive into this because that all makes sense. I do have one more question though that just came to mind. Yeah. Do you feel as though this might be these shadows, whatever we find with our gene keys? I mean, gene is a key word in it. So do you think it's generational? Is it something hereditary or like ancestral wounds that I've carried from my mom who's in the other room or I've, you know, she's carried from her mom by, you know what I mean? Um, I wonder if some of it is something that our family also feels mm, like perhaps they have. Oh, like, are you
5: kind of asking, like, do they maybe have similar patterns or strains of what, or Or is it just like
0: uniquely for this human? No, no, it all depends. Okay.
5: No, I love what you're saying. And it totally is connected. And so, um, you know, we, as a soul or whatever you believe, like come through the vessel of our mom and of our parents for a reason. Right. And we, we, we know that we embody their genetics, you know, we're all interconnected in that way within our family line. And so what's really important and why. I love this system so much is that I I really love the scientific influence of epigenetics in this whole thing, which epigenetic, like the most simplified explanation of epigenetics really is this idea that our environment can change our genes. Like we're not actually just handed, Oh, this is your genetic code. And like, that's what you have to deal with. And like, sorry, if you have this problem, or sorry if you have this disease embedded in there. like it's, it's not the case anymore. We know that the environment, meaning like not only outside of us, but, the hormones we release and the environment, like in terms of nutrition and lifestyle, like every way that we're experiencing our internal environment plays a role in how our genetic code acts. And so Richard Rudd basically sees these keys as, um, you know, using this language and using this perception to be like, we can disrupt not disregulate. We can downregulate into the lower frequency at any time in our genetic code, or we can Mm -hmm. use, our awareness and our understanding and our embodiment of these higher um, expressions to upregulate our genetic expression and be in the healthier, more radiant expression of who we are. That
0: is a wrap. I hope that you have the healthiest, most radiant expression of yourself for 2022, and I hope that you enjoyed these magical messages. Of course, there were even more amazing humans who I would have loved to share as well, but feel free to always re-listen to any episode from 2021 and i'll connect with you in 2022 sending all of my love hope to connect with you monday thank you for tuning in as always and jima yomis that is a wrap that is a wrap for this episode i hope that something spoke deeply to you expanded you in some way please let me know if so you can catch me on instagram at raquel mantra i spell raquel a different way than most so you can see the spelling in the show notes or hang out with the yomis the like-minded very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro magic facebook group especially a place to turn to when it comes to well whatever you're going through and there are several tools on the Euromagic.life membership site all right well thank you so so much and have a magical rest of your day